Hello and welcome to Ask the Expert, a daily series from 8.30 in the morning till 9 o'clock to help small businesses. Now, I'm Esther Stanhope, and Esther Stanhope, my own name, the Impact Guru, and I'm here this morning to talk about on-camera confidence for small businesses, remote meetings, remote pitching. How do you run your business in this virtual world? And I'm a former BBC producer, so you can ask any question about that subject. And I've got hundreds of tips to share with you today. Now, any of your questions, please put in comments or you can use the hashtag, hashtag QBATE on Twitter. Now, if you need any more advice, you can join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook. Now, business experts and accountants are available 24-7. Now, before we dive into your questions, I want to share three really quick stories with you. The first one is the fact that I ran a poll the other day in one of my masterclasses. Now, I teach people how to look good and sound good and come across confidently in business. I used to do it face-to-face mainly, but now I do it in a virtual world. And Do you find that you're using video, Zoom, Teams, BlueJeans, many other platforms, Skype, all the time now? Now, the other day I was running a masterclass. It was actually for my Speak Like a She-Boss program. It was for women leaders. Although I work with leaders all over the world. I work with men, women, people from every single background. I was running this poll in my masterclass for a few hundred people. And the first poll I ran, I asked, before COVID-19, How important was your camera confidence? So what was your priority in your job, in your your business? Was camera confidence and being on camera a priority before COVID-19? And I asked people to rate themselves out of 10. Now, how important is it for you? Guess what the results were? Most people wrote before COVID-19, I call it BC. BC, most people wrote one out of 10. One out of 10 priority for camera confidence. Who needed camera confidence a few months back? Whereas now, I ran the second poll. How important is camera confidence in your job, in your business, in terms of clients, pitching, your staff, your meetings? How important is it that you look good and sound good and feel good on camera? And guess what the results were? More than 40% of the audience said, 10 out of 10 importance for their job. The point is, on-camera confidence is one of your most important assets right now. We are living in this virtual world and we're not traveling anytime soon, are we? I mean, are you going to be traveling for your business much in in the next six months until 2021? So we are going to be running a poll about how you feel on camera this morning. So please do um, start filling that out and we will reveal the results at the end. And please do ask anything about how you feel on camera, about audience engagement, how you engage people, what the attention span is when you're dealing with people in a non-face-to-face environment. Now, the second little story I want to share with you is the fact that you're looking at me thinking, it's all right for you. You worked at the BBC. Yeah, I was a senior producer at the BBC for more than 10 years. I've been in broadcasting for more than 20 years. I've interviewed Madonna and George Clooney and the Spice Girls and quite a few other celebrities if you want to ask me about them too. The point is, I was always really good at producing people, just like the behind the scenes team here today. They're really good at producing me and giving me confidence. I was not 
confident in front of the camera myself. I was not a confident public speaker. And I actually wrote a book about it. Goodbye, glossophobia. Banish your fear of public speaking. And glossophobia actually means the fear of public speaking. If you look up the word glossophobia in the dictionary, it says 75% of us are afraid of public speaking, including Prince Harry. So there you go. Now, this book is full of tips, a lot of tips that we might go through today with your questions, tips from Barack Obama, tips on how to stop going red, tips on how to stop fiddling with your hair, tips on content, on having a top line, on engaging your audience. I'm going to be giving that away in a competition later on, so stay tuned for that. I was a very nervous speaker. One time I had to speak at the Edinburgh International Television Festival and I fell apart. I was sweating, I was shaking, and people thought I was super confident as a person because I was really confident at doing my job. I was really confident at running a team and I bet you're super confident at running your business. But now, being confident at your job and being brilliant at running your business is absolutely what you need to do on a daily basis. But now you've got to be good in front of a camera. I wasn't good. I was, I had to go to the toilet a lot. I was nervous. I've got so many tips on how to get over those nerves if you feel a bit uncomfortable turning your camera on. What I find is a lot of my clients say to me, I hate turning my camera on. I'd rather just not turn the camera on. A lot of my clients say, I hate watching myself. I hate the, the idea that it's recorded. I don't, like the, I don't like the way I look. I don't like the way I sound. What is that? Why do we hate the sound of our own voice? I've actually got some scientific reasons why we don't like the sound of our own voice. And the science behind not liking the camera, it's, it goes back to when we, when we were living in tribes and the feeling of the tribe looking at you and judging you, the feeling that you're on your own with people looking in on you and maybe ostracizing you, it makes your brain think, oh, they're looking at me, I'm on my own. They might banish me, which might mean I might die. <laughs> so the camera has that, can have that effect on us, on some of us, not all of us. But I'd love to know how confident you feel in front of the camera. Please ask me any question about confidence, but really it's about building your business and engaging your customers and your staff so you can keep your business going in the virtual world. But my final little story that I'd like to share with you before we dive into the questions is how I pivoted my business in March. On March the 12th, I remember I was speaking at two events that day. It was actually, again, it was for International Women's Day, even though my customers aren't all women, but I do do a lot of work in the women in leadership um, sector. I was walking across London Bridge because I was speaking at an event once um, north side of London Bridge and I had to speak in Ropemakers Hall, I think it was, at quite a large event on March the 12th. I remember walking across London Bridge and looking at my phone and I remember it just said cancel, cancel. Ca I could just, I just got a sense that every single gig that month was cancelled. By the way, even though I was a nervous speaker, now my job is all about speaking and half of my job is speaking professionally in front of large audiences. I had a lot of gigs in March, but on March the 12th, my business literally went, boom, everything got cancelled. Did you feel like that in March? But on that day, after I spoke at the event at Rotemakers Hall, I went for a coffee with my friend, Q 
Kim Arnold. Thank you, Kim. And we sat and I said, Kim, what? Are, everything's been cancelled. Every single live event. That's what I do. That's my job. It's been cancelled. Obviously, I was going to get cancellation money and I managed to move quite a lot of the, the events into 2021 or later on in the year. But then we suddenly realised, but hang on a minute, you were at the BBC, you're a producer, you, you've done loads of online Zoom things before. I used to use GoToWebinar, actually, um, but now I use Zoom. But, but I, I'm not biased against platforms. <laughs> Why don't you do remote, the remote version, the remote version of what you were doing before? So I suddenly realised, yeah, I, I mean, I am an expert at broadcasting. And actually, if you use broadcasting techniques in business anyway, i.e. how to hook the audience in, how to be a little bit more entertaining and engaging, use that in a business context. That's what people need. And I realized people needed my help immediately when it came to remote meetings. So, I mean, my business, my, my newsletter is all about, it's called, I've got a section called the Daily Zoom. People have been emailing me, help, I, you know, it's all gone pear-shaped. I think everyone's getting much better at Zoom and Teams and Skype now, but people weren't muting themselves. People were turning up with hardly any clothes on. There, was all, there were all kinds of security issues at the beginning. But quite a lot of the time, people would ask me questions about how do you in, how do you interrupt somebody if they don't stop? How do you keep the the flow of the conversation? So um, I can answer all those questions now. So would you like to get your questions in now? Remember questions in comments or use the hashtag Q B A T E. Now I have a question here from Mike, Twitter. Um, Mike on Twitter. I tend to talk very fast when presenting due to nerves. Do you have any advice? Mike, have you noticed? I tend to talk too fast too. <laughs> In fact, I had some vocal um, coaching recently and I did ask my vocal coach, um, her name's Susan Natalie Coombs. She's an opera singer actually, and she gave me some vocal lessons. Her main tip for me was that I was a bit like an express train. And she said to me, stop at the stations. Look at the view. Go from London to Leeds and stop and look at the Yorkshire Moors. Stop at the stations. So, Mike, the biggest tip I can give you is breathe and try and add some pauses. Have a go. The only way to get over fast talking is Take it slow, practice. Take it slow, breathe. Stop at the stations. Look at the view. So I'd love, I'd love to know how you get on, Mike. You should have a practice even this morning. Hannah is sent a, a message here from Instagram. What's a good length to keep presenting? Um, what's a good length to keep the audience engaged when you're presenting? So um, I spoke at a conference for one hour and felt that I lost the audience. Okay, so if you're talking about online, it is different from real life. Do not think it's the same. People watching a Zoom little picture on their screen for an hour. Okay, so my advice is every rule of thumb, every six minutes, your audience might switch off. So you wanna do something different every six minutes. It could be run a poll. It could be ask a question. It could be have a think about this for a minute. Could be another voice, could be a video, could be an image, 
It could be that you do something physical or you change the pace. Do not carry on and on and on. Chuggity chug for an hour too long, way too long. Every six minutes you need to be engaging people. And if I were you, I would think about the how you can get the audience to engage with you. If you're talking to an audience and it's just you, what I would call transmitting or broadcasting information, you might as well record it or send it on an email. I hope that helps you, Hannah. Thank you. So Tony from um, Facebook Messenger. Tony, who has been your favorite celebrity? So who have I interviewed and why? Who's been my favorite celebrity? Tony, I have a few celebrities. I'll give you a, I'll give you a couple if you like. Um, so my favorite celebrity of all time, and I think it's because I think she's just so fabulous, darling, um, was Joanna Lumley. So when I met Joanna Lumley, it was for a charity art exhibition in London. And it was before the smoking ban. Because when I was an entertainment reporter, um, when it was with the big Hollywood celebrities, that was around about 1997. So if you were around in 1997, I've interviewed Noel Gallagher, the Spice Girls, I've interviewed Lenny Kravitz, Danny DeVito. But I do remember Joanna Lumley was one of my favourites because she was so like Ab Fab. You know Joanna Lumley from Ab Fab? She was in the, um, the Avengers, wasn't she? <gasps> She's so glamorous. Tall, blonde. I think she actually, she used to smoke because I'm sure she had a cigarette holder um, in, her, in her hand. And she was holding a glass of champagne because it was a charity do. She wasn't really there to speak. And I, and I went up to her and I said, oh, hi, Joanna, would you mind if I interviewed you? And she went, oh, yeah, sweetie, yeah, sweetie. And she was like, mwah, mwah, like really so funny and a bit kind of cheeky. And I think that really does... I think that's what gives people charisma is when they're funny and personable and cheeky. Now, how does that help you in business? Really, the bottom line there is be yourself. Be yourself. Have a sense of humour. And it's quite difficult to pull that off online, to be yourself online. It's quite difficult to, to be you in the room. Hi, sweetie, with your champagne. You've got to bring that through a lens through one little lens, it's quite tricky to do that. Okay, so Laura from Instagram, what's the key dress for success when on camera? Good question, Laura. Now I'm wearing a jacket today because personally I like wearing something that's a little bit structured around my shoulders. That's my thing. You don't have to wear a jacket. I've got some horror stories, even from Hollywood moguls I've heard firsthand people have been spying all over the world for me and telling me stories so the main thing is that what you wear is the impression that you're going to give so if you look like you've just rolled out of bed um and it's your it's your internal meeting maybe it's fine if you've got a pitch don't wear your pajamas <laughs> if you've got a pitch you want to look groomed so i call it the zoom groom okay Hair, wardrobe, makeup. Yes. Just think about it. What would you wear? Hair, wardrobe, makeup. But a couple of little rules there. Rules of thumb. A really, really good rule is a splash of colour. A splash of colour. So I'm wearing um, blue. This blue is actually much more, it's more bright than you can, you probably can't see it really clearly. But um, a white, break it up, break up blocks of colour with accessories. So for men, you don't really want to wear just a white T-shirt. 
You know, you, I think probably a shirt's better just because it looks smarter. Um, a splash of colour for, for, for men, I would sort of kind of wear blues or try not try and avoid white, just just white and just black. Um, white doesn't actually sit very well with the camera of its plane because cameras don't really like having to deal with white balance, which make it kind of drinks all the light. Um, I'm sure, you know, professional camera people will, will tell you the science behind the white balance. Also black, try and avoid just black on camera. It does look a little bit funereal. Looks as if you could be going to a funeral. So a splash of color, break it up, break up the, the blocks of color. Um, I, if I were you, I'd wear something that makes you feel confident and something that you've probably worn before because, wow, when you sweat or when you do something that you haven't worn before, sometimes clothes do things, you might have a wardrobe malfunction. Enjoy your wardrobe and, and practice, but enjoy, enjoy practicing and trying on different outfits. Okay, so um, what's the most common mistake people make when presenting in front of a camera? No, when presenting in front of an audience. Okay, so you've got the live audience and you've got the camera audience. The main mistake people make is that they forget that the audience needs to be given something. They forget to love their audience. So one of my mottos is, and I actually did share this with Boris Johnson once in live in the BBC studio. One of my mottos is when Boris asked me, what's your tip? For being good on radio i actually said there's one thing you need to remember love your audience a little bit more than yourself you are there to share tips or information or the vision or what you're going to help them with you're there to share with your audience give your audience what they need before you satisfy what you need Audience first, then you. Jake from Facebook Messenger. I'm hoping to coach my team with public speaking. Ooh, Jake, get them my book. They'd like that. Um, I'm wondering if there's any good activities you've done that can work in a team scenario. Absolutely, Jake. Okay, super excellent little exercise you can do with your team. Tell, ask your team, what's the best thing about you? What's your USP? your unique selling proposition. What's your USP? Ask all the members of your team, what's the best thing about you? And they can join in with each other. What's the best thing about you? And then what story in your, what life story, a short story in your life, what would illustrate that USP? And get your team to stand up and share a short story, no more than three minutes. So each member of your team could stand up and say, okay, so my USP, and you know, you've all helped me with this. My USP is I'm a really people, I'm a people person. I'm really sociable. I'm the one that does all the social events, for example. Um, I'm, a, I'm a yellow in the insights personality test. I'm a, I'm a people person. And I'll give you an example. The first time I had to arrange the away day, X, Y, Z. So that would be a really good group exercise. Good luck with that, Jake. I'd love to know how it goes. So I'll send you my email. You can let me know how it goes. Camilla from Instagram. I've heard that it's good to, had, to add an extra layer of makeup when presenting in front of the camera. Is that true? Camilla, an extra layer of makeup. Oh, oh, I don't know what kind of layer you mean. Do you mean primer? 
do you mean foundation? Men stay, men, men can do this too. Men wear makeup on television and powder. Okay, this is a really good tip for men and for women. Makeup. Now for women, you probably might have a, a, an undercoat, like a primer, or you might have a layer of foundation. Men may not feel comfortable putting foundation on, although there's nothing wrong with wearing makeup on camera because you do look better in front of a camera it without blemishes. Okay, but a really good tip, Camilla, and a really good tip for men, invisible translucent powder, okay? This is Laura Mercier, but you can always, you can get it from Mac, you can get it from any brand from Boots, you can get it from Bobby Brown, okay? Loose powder, brush, right, this is, this is risky now, but just a layer of loose powder it stops the shine. And if you've got a bit of a shiny head, ladies and gentlemen, a bit of a shine there, shiny forehead, a bit of powder will stop the shine. So I would absolutely recommend, Camilla, an extra layer of powder. And the, the translucent powder is really good because it stops the makeup coming off. Rachel from Twitter. I want to learn how to sell myself better in interviews as well as in the boardroom. Rachel. Well done. You're not alone. I'm sure lots of people want to sell themselves better in interviews and in the boardroom. Do you have any books or courses to recommend? Rachel, absolutely. Well, first of all, my book more or less covers every tip that you'll need. I've actually got a women in leadership course this summer called Speak Like a She-Boss. Again, my email will come up at the end. If you want to drop me an email, I can send you the details on that. You're absolutely right. Selling yourself in interviews online and boardroom scenarios you have to ace it and you know what the good news here Rachel and the good news for you is you can ace it relatively easily if you know some of these tips I was not a natural on camera and in front of an audience I used to you know flounder speak too fast sweat shake break out in a rash <laughs> forget my lines my brain would go can't remember. I, I would get nervous. Um, and then your status goes down, as in you're not, you don't come across as credible with gravitas. Obviously, I knew how to give people credibility and gravitas, having worked as a, in a senior role at the BBC with, with the likes of the British prime ministers and politicians and business leaders live on air. But actually, I had to learn myself how to do it. There were some pretty simple tips, and I'll give you a couple now. One is that you just own your space, both physically and mentally. Own, so sit up straight, give yourself some physical space, take your time, but also mentally, what's your topic? What do you stand for? What area are you owning? Are you, are you the business, are you the, the, the new business person? Are you really good at, at networking? You know, what's your thing? What's your USP? I've talked about USP already, your unique selling point. What is it about you? What, which, what, what are you really good at? And it's about really owning that. And that would be, that's a really good tip for you, Rachel. But I'll give you, my, um, I'll give you the details of my course at the end. Jenny from Facebook. Do you have any tips with controlling hands <laughs> when talking or presenting? You know, one of the most frequently asked questions I get across the world, across the board, whether it's lawyers in Harvard University, whether it's Oxford University, whether it's pharmaceuticals in Australia and Poland, the biggest question I get 
all over the world is what do I do with my hands? Now, I do actually have a couple of videos on YouTube explaining what to do with your hands. A general rule of thumb is you don't really want to choreograph them. You don't really want them to be too overly, you know, you don't want to be gesticulating all the time. A general rule of thumb, if you're standing in front of an audience, a live audience, a general rule of thumb is have a parking place for your hands. So a really good parking place would be something like holding your, I used to say this, if in doubt, grab your middle finger. Now, it's slightly different if you're sitting in a, in a kind of Zoom or Teams or WebEx meeting. But if in doubt, grab your middle finger. If you want to do nothing with your hands and be neutral for a minute, rest them on the desk. Just, re just rest them on the desk. Try not to bang them or fiddle. Having a pen in your hand can be bad. <laughs> try not to fiddle too much. Just try and park them somewhere neutral. Again, hands are a tell, as in a body language. We call it sometimes nonverbal leakage. <laughs> what happens with your body when you're under stress is it does things that you don't really want it to do. So a really good thing would be to organize your nerves by breathing. When you find yourself a good solid base, a good physical place to sit, consider your whole body. Just put your hands somewhere neutral, breathe. Breathe out. I was talking to the team earlier, breathing out gets rid of cortisol, which is the stress hormone. Breathing out before a meeting, before a presentation, before a pitch will calm you down your whole body will calm down. That will calm your hands down. But try it, be yourself. You know, I'm using my hands now. It's quite nice to have a bit of hand movement in your communication. Elise from Twitter. Would you say men are better at selling themselves than women and come across as if they have more confidence? Oh, we should do a poll on that, shouldn't we? Okay, my quick answer to that is, yes, in my experience, men come across as more confident than women sometimes. In my experience, women do struggle with confidence. And women tend to think, oh, I'm not really good enough. Oh, I don't like the way I look. Men are more likely to say, I don't really care that much about how I look. I just, I'll just get on with a job and I might just um, take a punt. Whereas women are less likely to take a punt and more likely to want to be brilliant. So there you have it. And now it's competition time to win my book. Now, here's how it's going to work. What I do is I put your names in a virtual hat. It's very scientific here. All you've got to do is email me. And I've got a little sign here. Look, all you've got to do is email me. And if you email me more tips, you can write in the subject more tips, email me esther at estherstanhope.com. That's also my website if you want to check me out. Esther at estherstanhope.com. And Esther is spelled E S. T-H-E-R at estherstanhope.com. If you email me now, if you're watching live, I'm going to choose a winner in the next half hour, okay? I'm going to choose a winner now in the next half hour, and I'll let you know. If you're watching a recording of this, I do actually put everybody's name in a hat, and on a Friday, I choose a new winner every Friday. So if you want to win Goodbye Glossophobia, Banish Your Fear of Public Speaking, with all the tips about Barack Obama, how to stop having a rash, how to look good and sound good in front of an audience, email me now, esther at estherstanhope.com. Okay, coming up, 
Tomorrow in Ask the Expert, you've got Sean Goldsmith, who's a special advisor to franchisors, and he also works with large corporates. He's a mentor, he's a coach, he's a non-exec, and he's currently offering strategic and planning advice. You should definitely tune in for Sean tomorrow. Make sure you tune in and make sure you get your questions in early at hashtag QBATE. Remember, if you need any more advice, the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group is on Facebook. Remember, business experts and accountants are on hand 24-7. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're going to really enjoy Sean Goldsmith's advice tomorrow. It's been a real, real pleasure answering your questions. And I'll see you again soon. <laughs>